It's time for The Drive's Top 5 at 5. Quentin time on your Friday 5.02 here on Fan Run Radio. Russell, Bear, and Tucker Harlan back with you for another hour of The Drive. Lucas Panzeka of 104.5 The Zone, Titans Radio in Nashville. Coming up towards the bottom of the hour. First, we start at the top five. Five, Tucker, what do you got? Thank you, Russell. At number one, number five, Tennessee begins SEC play tomorrow as it hosts number 22, Ole Miss, and Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center. Tip-off is at 6 p.m. John Schriffen and VFL. Dane Bradshaw have the call. No betting line released just yet. Was announced an hour and a half ago. The game is a sellout. Yep. Tennessee's number five in both polls. Got to keep this going, man. I, I think we're about to get on a run here, man. I, I We might be number one at some point here in the coming weeks. Yeah, didn't CG say yesterday that he would not be surprised if Tennessee was 17-3 and three going into that Kentucky Ooh. game to start February? Growing your wool thick this winter, Russ? Al Pinkins is back in town, former Donnie Tindall assistant. Is on the Ole Miss bench, and he was teammates with one Justin Ganey ah. at NC State back in the day. A little nugget for you there. At number two, Perfect Game has released its top 25 for college baseball this season. Vols are ranked 11th in that poll. Arkansas, LSU, and Florida sit at 2, 3, and 4. Vanderbilt is number 6. South Carolina, number 13, and Auburn is number 15 to round out the SEC. Wake Forest and Chase Burns ranked number one in that poll. Give me all the motivation, all the motivation for Tony and the boys. Uh, Omaha last year, bringing back, like our offensive lineup is going to be better. I think so, yeah. Uh, Better, we're just going to be mashing this year. Home run records at the new look Lindsey Nelson Stadium. We just got to find, get that rotation ironed out. There was so much drama, though, that the Maui stuff, the burn stuff, all that stuff. I, I just get the feeling that Tony is going to be like so glad to not have to deal with any of that. It seems like everybody's committed, everybody knows their role, still got to figure out what Zane Denton's thing is, and then whoever the other two starters are. But I don't think it's going to be some situation where so like people still a are. Being, Zane may be back, huh? I, I haven't heard. Uh, yeah, I mean, I. I don't know. I mean, it's a great question. I mean, it's just it's just kind of been out there for so long, I'd kind of forgotten about it. Yeah, and I then guess you brought I, his name up the other day. One other thing that pops out to me is you're actually going to have a proven catcher playing in Cannon Peebles this year. There are a couple of proven yeah. catchers. Dalton Bargo? Yeah. I mean, I no offense That's to him, but name. I take him over Cal Stark. Cal Stark is still there. Uh, Taylor, like, we got four catchers now. Yeah. Loaded. Loaded. Who's our outfield right now? So you got Inslee back in center. Kavaris yes. Tears probably figures into the equation at yeah, right field. Maybe Dryling at some point. Dr- Dylan Dryling. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. At some point, yeah. I mean, I th- day one. I think they're looking at him as a leadoff guy. Dryling? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Baseball season is going to be so much fun this year. At number three, Maryland quarterback Talia Tagovailoa has entered the transfer portal. He threw for 11,256 yards, 76 touchdowns, and 37 picks in four seasons as the Terps starter. 
This will be his second time in the portal as he spent the 2019 season at Alabama. Little Tua on the move. He's just not quite as good as his big brother, is he? I agree. No. Certainly not. That's but his right. big brother's pretty good. Oh, yeah. His big brother's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I never thought that was going to happen for that kid after all the, the head, head <laughs> stuff last year. Lucky kid. Whatever happened there. We know what happened. At number four, two NFL games will be played on ESPN tomorrow. The yes. Pittsburgh Steelers finished their season with a trip to Baltimore to take on the Ravens at 4.30. Steelers are favored in that game as the Ravens are resting Lamar Jackson. Smart uh, move. Have a chance to get into the playoffs, the Steelers do, if they get the win. Maybe need some help elsewhere. Um, the Houston Texans head to Indianapolis to take on the Colts at 8.15. Uh, Texans a slight favorite there. Uh, this is essentially a playoff elimination game between those two teams. So we got two AFC games tomorrow. Yeah, I prefer the AFC. I do too right now, just because I feel like the playoff races are just so much closer all across the board in the AFC compared uh, uh, to the NFC. Unless it's San Francisco playing somebody, I like watching them. They're they're the one team in the NFC that looks like an AFC team. Yeah, I, I agree. They're probably the biggest machine out of all of them. I think the Eagles and Cowboys have shown. What's your preference? Some like lifestyle, like growing up. Did you uh, did you find did you ever find yourself more drawn towards the AFC over the NFC? No, no I mean, well, when I, I guess when we were young, when we I was a NFC. kid and I was a Redskins fan, like I paid attention to that division a little bit more, probably, but. Since the Titans came into existence, AFC South, twenty-five years. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty much paid more attention to the AFC. But I've never had a preference. It's always been the same thing to me. It's it's the NFL. Like I, I've never thought of one conference better than the other. Hmm. And finally, at number five, an Idaho man was arrested after stealing a plane from a North Las Vegas hangar, flying it over a hundred miles into a Southern California airport and eventually running into a desert area after officers inquired nice. about the aircraft. The man who is currently in custody in San Bernardino County faces charges of possession of a stolen airplane and taking stolen property across state lines from the incident which occurred Saturday. That's according to the county sheriff's department. I mean, if you're going to go to jail for stealing something... Don't you think it would be kind of cool if you know, stole an airplane? Then a again, pilot. my thought here is if you're going to steal an airplane, maybe it wouldn't be a good idea to land it at an airport when you steal the thing. <laughs> well, well yeah, I'm no aviation expert, but I would imagine that once you've stolen it, they know it's stolen, and you're on radar up there, like, what are you going to do? Man, you can't land it in the middle of the desert. I don't think some of those small planes don't have transponders, and they can fly below... I mean, you could definitely steal one. Well, this guy was just yeah, an idiot. obviously, but I, and get I think you couldn't you, get you, away. You with think it. you could steal it and get away with it? I think there are ways other than what this guy did. If you wanted to get away with it, I, I finally watched the new Top Gun movie really? this week. Yeah, I've seen that movie. Surprise, Have you seen surprise. It, oh yeah, I've seen it. Like I've, I've rewatched it. Spoiler alert: the end. Tom Cruise like they're stranded out in the middle of nowhere, and he's able to steal. An old fighter jet. F-14 Tomcat. It's like all broken down or whatever, and he's able to fly it anyway. Against fifth-generation fighters. So Tom Cruise can steal a jet. Yeah. 
This guy's obviously not Tom Cruise. <laughs> He's not Mav. No. He, this guy apparently has tried to do it multiple times. And, uh, oh. Yeah, the, the sheriff's department's saying that. I'll tell you what's a sad story is that, is that, that poor schmo up in uh, Seattle that uh, he worked, he cleaned, he was on the crew that would clean the planes in between flights, but he learned enough by, I guess, simulator and just watching. You can pick it up. He not only got the plane started, taxi took off, but didn't know how to land. I mean, the kid, I mean, he was a, he was a very troubled uh, 20-something-year-old, but he ended up dying when it crashed. But mm. you never seen that, but it was like a kind of a famous thing. It's a shame. Like in a big, like, airline jet. <laughs> People are ridiculous. I mean, just, I couldn't. I don't know what goes through your head. Like, how are you going to get down? I mean, that's it's what one goes thing. up must come down. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a lot easier to get up in one of those things than it would be to get one back on the ground. You think you? Well, we had this conversation yeah. about whether or not you think you could land. A oh plane. no, we die. We'd all if if I'm in the seat, we're all dying. Same. No, I, well, I I think I could land it with help. I'm not talking about a, a jet. I don't know. Maybe a jet Caesar. I, I don't have any idea. All I'm saying is there's a bunch derived. of buttons and stuff. If I've got a radio and it's like the movie Airplane, I've got Robert Stack telling me what to do. I think I can get Unless it on the grid. You're coming in too low, striker. Pull up. But, but yeah. you think it'd be easier to... Get it, I think that would be harder. No, I would be I terrified it. when you because st- you're starting stopped and then you get up. How fast do you have to be going to get up off the ground? I think like 150. God, see that would be the hardest part. Once you're flying, you're already going that fast, and you have no choice but to land it. I mean, I'd be terrified, but no. I think what I I'm could saying is, I think it's a lot easier to get a plane in the air than it is to get it back on the ground. This guy's proof of that. <laughs> they could not. He didn't know how to I, land. And then he ran out of fuel and crashed in the forest. But yeah, like he did like a barrel roll. I think he may have done a barrel roll. It was like over Puget Sound, like in Seattle. Can you imagine coming out your back door and you see this Alaska Airlines, you know, bombardier Denzel jet. Washington style. Well, yeah, there's video of it. You can see it. It's like, I mean, it's turning like, you know, when you see like Top Gun, you're talking about when fighter planes turn. They completely roll over on their side, and then they'll just rip. Jeep. Have you seen the video of? I believe it was at Bagram Air Force Base in Afghanistan. There's video of it is like taken from a car on the nearby freeway, and the plane is taking off. And evidently, what happened is a big military cargo plane, and they had a bunch of stuff in it that wasn't properly tied down. Oh yeah, I've seen and it. And it like rolled to the back, and the plane just—it's weird. It looks it—it's almost like when you throw in a pa- paper airplane off the roof of a house or something and it goes straight up and then like that like that's what happened with a real jet and just a 747 to a ball of fire it's awful terrible it just boom. on that note yeah Cody used five. to say that uh yeah that's yeah, probably a good transition a, this is his dad's a private well. pilot really yeah McClure's dad's pilot yeah flies all over I don't know that. But Cody used to say they had to carefully, his dad would have to move stuff around within the plane and balance everything because Cody's such a big dude. <laughs> I mean, that with, with all respect that. that's, and love. That's terrible. That not, that's not funny at all. I mean, Cody told me about it. He had to move stuff around? Yeah. The balance, you got to 
like what you were talking about. How they were talking about a pretty small plane, I'm guessing. Yeah, I think it was a two engine Cessna. But yeah, his dad, his dad flies up here for the UT games. Flies himself. Bobby, cool. he's a big fan of yours. Shout out to Bobby, Bobby, Bobby McClure, Bobby Mac. The Drive, hour number three, Fan Run Radio, 865-546-8200, Lucas Widespread Panzeca, coming up from Nashville. We'll get his thoughts on uh, the Titans trying to you know, limp into the finish line. <laughs> it's not like last year where we got a win and you're in type deal with Dobbs at the end. Uh, Raves is having to break bad, is breaking bad at press conference. He's snapping. He's, he's on snap alert down there. But is, is this the end? I hate losing. Of the Mike Vrabel I hate era. blanking losing. Is, is this the end of the Mike Vrabel era that we're witnessing Sunday? There's a chance. Those, those Patriots rumors are not going away. What? I mean, they're going to have to come off a – what do you think Vrabes is worth? Here's a thought I had. You want to hear a shower thought I had this morning? Sure. You know the Titans only hire coaches named Mike, right? Well that is true. Munchak. Vrabes. Uh, malarkey malarkey only exceptions are what Wizenhunt and jeff fisher whoa there there's there's you a really? mike who might be coming on the market mike jamie would be very oh, pleased yeah jamie i, I was thinking about that okay there's no way there's no way our mike tomlin there's no way i just i don't think the roonies would ever fire him or he'd leave might be time for a change I don't fire people up there in Pittsburgh. Outside of Dude, if they what's win, it's their favor to win. The guy's never had a losing season. No, I mean he'd go ten and seven this season. Very much have a chance to get into the playoffs with a less than stellar offensive situation. Now, I will agree with Jamie that it is. It's very. It is painful to watch them at times. His pro football team and his college basketball. Oh, it's team. awful. It, it's time for like I think Mike Tomlin is a good coach, but. It feels like it's run its course there. They need to go younger. They need offense. They need a quarterback. They need a reboot. That's fair. Like that doesn't mean he's he's a bad coach. Like uh, Andy Reid got fired by the Eagles. And, so and it I mean, needed if, to happen. If, if Rabe's left, who would if you, you could have anybody? Who would you want outside of the ones that are just you're not going to get them? I'll tell you one I don't want. Who that? That old man up in Foxborough right now, Belichick. He is. From Nashville, I want an offensive mind with Tennessee ties. Yeah, I love Tennessee. Oh, groomers and he's the available. Titans facilities now. Okay, he's, he's available. That dude's, that dude's radioactive. He's he's hotter than Chernobyl, bro. Stay with us. The drive continues. More fan run radio coming up. The drive. Looking for the home exterior projects, folks. If you've got. Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. Russell Bear and Tucker Harlan back with you. Pleased to be joined now by our old pal, Lucas Panzeca. Now with 104.5 The Zone in Nashville, Titans Radio. LP, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Afternoon, guys. I'm doing pretty well. How are you guys? Hey, man, we're good. Ready for the weekend. No doubt. No doubt. Everybody, good New Year. Like, what's, what's the thing to do in Knoxville on New Year's Eve? I just go out and get smashed somewhere. I don't know. I'm old and married, uh, yeah. Lucas. I'm hanging around at home 
watching the ball drop in my jammies, that kind of thing. Stayed home and listened to my crazed redneck neighbor shoot off fireworks. (laughs) I mean, we should be asking you. You're the young guy, eligible bachelor, as far as I know, still out on the town. Like, you're in the big city. What do you do out there in Nashville? Oh, absolutely nothing, man. It is <laughs> it is a nightmare, an absolute nightmare to be anywhere out and about in Nashville. I didn't hit that breakthrough until probably like two years ago. I was uh, like finally yeah. realizing like this is this is the right thing to do. Uh, so yes, I, I stayed home and hung out, had a little fire going, and watched the ghost of Leonard Skinner play downtown. Lucas wants to stay as far away from the pedal taverns as he can. Wait, wait a minute, absolutely. What, ghost what, of Skinner. Yeah, what 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 what's that all about? Yes, oh, Skinner played at uh, Bicentennial Park, like the Nashville New Year's Eve celebration was being broadcasted on CBS. They had a bunch of country stars, and Leonard Skinner, or what's left of them, played the set. So had that on the TV, watched the Vikings get blown out by the Packers. That was about it. So they got guys coming up there in their their walkers and hip replacements. They're all dead. All the originals are. Yeah, a bunch of them died in a plane crash in Mississippi, right? It's it's, – None of none Johnny of Van Zant now is the guy, right? He's yeah, like but his it, cousin, basically, his it's brother. Basically, the relatives, right? It's just a bunch of like brothers and such. Yeah, cousins, Ricky Medlock, maybe, but yeah, it's like yeah. no original member of that band is a lot other than yeah, no, no, none of the originals. Is it not? It's not nah. a single one. I thought there was at least one that allowed them to at least use the band name. Uh, I mean, unless they've got uh, Artemis playing drums for him, I think he's still alive. Man, uh, it's kind of like the Titans, who next year. Uh, Lucas, how was this for a segue? Won't have any of the original surviving members of the the playoff, the glory era from a couple of years ago. Feels like the end of an era this weekend, LP. It does. There's there's some last dance vibes going into it now that we know Ryan Tannehill is starting on Sunday. And if if it's Derrick Henry's last game, uh, then then it's Derrick Henry's last game. We don't know for sure, but I'll admit we did we we eulogized his Titans career a little bit yesterday just because it it was his 30th birthday. But we'll see we'll see if the Titans bring back Derrick Henry. You're right. I, I suppose if that's not the case, I guess uh, I guess there wouldn't really be any uh, surviving members of that of that <laughs> AFC Championship game run. I'm kind of racking my. I'm brain sure there's one or two on on the roster. Jeffrey but, Simmons, you, yeah. you got Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah, that was Jeff. his rookie year. Landry. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, but when but no, Amani Hooker, Amani Hooker was part of that 2019 draft class, so he was a rookie as well. But other than those two, there's really not any, especially not any major players in that run that we expect to see in 2024. It's going to be weird seeing Henry in a in a different uniform. But when he goes in the if he makes it into the hall, he goes in as a Titan, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. And look, man, I don't know that Derrick Henry's time here is over. I don't know. I mean, the market for him next year is going to be fascinating. It really is. Like, this, the whole running back conversation in the NFL is fascinating uh, right about now. So I don't know what the market for him is going to look like. Obviously, there was noise around Henry around the trade deadline. But, uh, it, look, if I, I said this to you guys last time. If Henry's not back, it's because the Titans chose not to bring him back, not because they couldn't afford to do so. So we'll see what happens. It's been quite a topic around here lately as far as whether or not people do want him back in 2024. Titans take on the Jags Sunday in Nashville. And, uh, Lucas, I know this has been a hot topic of debate throughout the season, when to tank, when not to. It feels like you've got to tank. I, I, I know that Mike Vrabel probably won't. He would certainly never admit to that publicly, but a win does you nothing but bad Sunday, correct? 
Well, did you see? Did you hear what Mike Vrabel uh, had to say when he was asked why it's important to win on Sunday? <laughs> I did <laughs> I mean, see that. I'm, yeah, I'm diving across the room for for the, the desperately searching for the dump button because the head coach uh, said the F word while we're carrying the press conference. I never thought we'd get there, but uh, yeah, man. Look, I you you either guarantee yourself a top five pick with a loss, uh, which that would that's what that would do. It would clinch a top five pick for the Titans. Or you ruin the Jag season. And I think there's something sure. in that for Titans sure. fans. And uh, we'll see Houston and Indianapolis play on Saturday. So if the Jags lose on Sunday, there's a scenario where they are eliminated from the playoffs. And winners, uh, the winner of Texans versus Colts is the AFC South champion. Uh, I, I think Titans fans are extremely split on this, that if you present it to them, uh, okay, lose, get that top five pick instead of, you know, you're, you're guaranteed to have, uh, at worst, a seventh overall pick. So lose for the for the one or two better draft picks or see Derrick Henry have that send-off and beat his hometown team in Jacksonville at Nissan Stadium. I think people are really split on it, to be quite honest, because, again, you, you've locked down the top ten picks. So if it's that important to you uh, to, to, to go up maybe two more spots, uh, you know, then so be it. But I think there's a lot of people that, that want to win and, and want to prevent the Jags from – uh, beating you on the final day of the regular season to win the division in back-to-back years. Yeah, that, that that's fair enough, and that would be a, a little bit consolation. But I, I think you know, is it condescending to say casuals might be rooting for the win, whereas the the hardcores know that the that top five pick that's important, Lucas. You've got to get the best uh, tackle to protect. Will Levis, if that's the way yeah. they go, like you've got to assure that that is the big picture, more important thing. Is that fair to say? Big picture, yeah, I, I think that is fair to say. But but look, it's just tough because we can have all those conversations, and from a fan's perspective, like that makes sense. It, you're never going to bash somebody uh, for wanting the top five pick when the season is lost, and if your only consolation is playing spoiler then yes, moving up in that draft order to give yourself a better chance to solidify the left tackle spot that's been so disastrous for you for the last couple of years. Uh, absolutely, that makes sense. But it's tough, too, when you know that that's not even a remote conversation in the building. That's not something yeah. players are thinking about, not something coaches are thinking about. And so it's just a weird position to be in, and it's not one that we've ever been in in the Mike Vrabel era. This is uncharted territory for everybody. Titans are going to go out there. You know, players are going to try to hit contract incentives. Mike Vrabel is going to try and win the game because, in his words, it bleeping sucks to lose. You don't get any sleep, so on and so forth. Uh, so I, I think people are pretty split on it. Either way, uh, you know, I, I don't know what I want out of Sunday's game. I'd like to see Derrick Henry have a good performance. Uh, you know, it's funny. We talk about how down of a year it is for him. He's a pro bowler. It's another 1,000-yard season behind this offensive line. But uh, it is completely fair, I think, to go either way in this case. Uh, most Titans fans probably have the edge in the ones that want the better draft pick. But really, I, I really think it's pretty down the middle. You say the, quote, Mike Vrabel era. Are we uh, – how? what percent sure are you that era continues next year? Oh, I'm, I'm going to say I'm 90% sure. Like, I'm going to leave the – the 10% because nothing is absolute when it comes to the Adams family. I think Amy showed us that, uh, that that is true for her as it was for her dad when she let go of John Robinson last season. But, look, I think if you're talking about ending the Mike Vrabel era, you're probably talking about pulling the plug on this thing 
and just rebooting it from scratch. And for me, that would mean also general manager Rand Carthon. Because Rand Carthon did not get brought into this situation for your typical general manager head coach dynamic. That's not what this is. He was brought in, the collaboration that we've heard a million times. He's talked about it. The team has not been shy about it. Rand Carthon building a team in the vision of Mike Vrabel. So firing Mike Vrabel changes that when you brought this GM in to align with your head coach, not to be the boss of your head coach. And you're going into a year that you have every resource available to you to fix this thing. I firmly believe the Titans want Mike Vrabel to be that guy leading that charge alongside Rand Carthon and are going to give him this offseason and next season to get this thing fixed back up and headed in the right direction. If we are sitting here a year from today having similar conversations about, well, last day of the regular season, do you want to play spoiler or you want a better draft pick? Then I'd be pretty confident in saying the Mike Vrabel era is coming to a close if it hasn't already. But as of right now, I am extremely sure, uh, or as sure as I can be, that Mike Vrabel is going to be the head coach of the Titans in 2024. Lucas Panzica, 104.5 The Zone, Titans Radio with us this afternoon on the show. All right, Lucas, how about the other Tennessee football team, the Vols, the donning of the age of Nequarius, Nico Iamaleava, takes the helm and Tennessee takes down Iowa in the Citrus Bowl. Your thoughts on, uh, we talk about eras, the launch of the Nico era for Josh Heupel in the Vols. Is that his name? Is that his first name? <laughs> yeah. Please tell me that that's his legal first name. We are in the uh, opening stages of Nicosis here on the drive. Okay, okay. You thought uh, it might be Nequarius? I, I was desperately hoping it was Nequarius. Oh, no. Uh, well, there, that's all yours now. You first kid, you call him Nequarius Panzeca. <laughs> I love that. Uh, no, I mean, it was good, man. The, the operation felt good. It felt clean. It, it felt like he was comfortable. It felt like he belonged. You know, I I hate how this kind of sometimes will turn into a, a, a Joe Milton discussion sometimes. But how many times in Joe Milton's, uh, what did he start, uh, 14, 15 games as the Tennessee quarterback, how many times in any of Joe Milton's starts or appearances at Tennessee did we say, okay, he looks like he belongs out there. He just looks comfortable, which is like this unquantifiable thing that we can't measure with numbers. Uh, But I felt like that was the case with Nico throughout that game in the Citrus Bowl, despite uh, poor pass protection. You know, didn't really have the chance to get comfortable in the pocket a good bit. But I thought he manipulated it well. I'm sure there were some things that he could have seen better. But it never felt like it was too quick for him. It never felt like, he wasn't ready for the moment, where obviously we had a ton of those moments with Joe Milton, who is obviously way older than Nico Iamaliava. So I was good with it, man. I, I really liked it. it. It gave me a ton of excitement. And we had this conversation after the Orange Bowl last year where, you know, the, it, it sent us into the offseason with, uh, with this hope and, and a bright 2023 potentially with Milton at quarterback. But this did feel different yes. to me. Because of the operation, I felt like the offense wasn't necessarily stalling. If they were, it was due to penalties or or a sack here and there, poor pass protection, especially on third down. Overall, I just thought the kid looked like he belonged. Well, and I was thinking, and then you said it, it felt different. That's kind of the thought that was going through my mind listening to your response there, Lucas. And if we're being honest, I feel like most Tennessee fans, you know, would go back a year ago, coming off the Orange Bowl win, 
and uh, Joe played well, and we were excited. But I also feel like if we're really being honest, and it's an honest Friday bear, I feel like, uh, you know, we were kind of talking ourselves into it weren't we? Because Joe did leave some plays on the field and we, you know, there's saw some things like, well, you know, he played pretty good. Hey, we, we could be good. I feel like this is different, Lucas, because it's like, whoa, like, this dude is a revelation. It's the first time we've really seen him. He looks unbelievable. You know, he's going to get better. And I don't feel like Tennessee fans are talking them. Now they might be overhyping it, yeah. But I don't think we're talking ourselves into anything when it comes to Nico and the possibilities of next season. No, I, I don't think so either. With Joe in the Orange Bowl, I feel like it came down to three or four throws, right? Not the whole body of work of that game. Tennessee punted seven or eight times in that game. But the the, the deep ball to Ramel Keaton, the, the, the touchdown to, I think it was Brew McCoy, against Clemson in the back of the end zone where he's going through his progressions and just lasers one in there. It came down to three or four throws with Joe Milton. With Nico, I think it actually came down to four quarters, snap after snap. And, yeah, so you go into the offseason saying, you should be in the playoff next year. You should be one of the 12 best teams in college football next year. That should absolutely be the expectation. You were you were in that conversation for a, a large stretch of this past season. There is no reason why that should not be the floor for Tennessee going into 2024. Uh, really the only thing, guys, that I sit here, I, I'd be curious to think what y'all uh, have been talking about as that point of concern at this stage. There's so much time left and portal and spring ball. But uh, for me, I, I'm very concerned about the offensive line. If there can be something done there in the coming weeks, especially at the tackle spots, I will feel miles better about where this team is on offense heading into spring ball and into the summer. Yeah, the tackle thing is interesting because we, we were talking about in hour number one, you've got the kid from Kansas coming in. The, what's his name, Tucker? Uh, Armage Reed Adams. Okay, he's got a lot of names. Uh, he's coming in this week, uh, this weekend. You've got the five-star from LSU, Lance Hurd, is coming in this weekend. And then there's another one, a, four, a guy who was a four-star that we had recruited out of high school. He ended up going to North Carolina. His name is, wait oh. for it, Diego Pounds. That's a great offensive lineman name. Amazing. Diego Amazing. Pounds. So we got three tackles visiting this weekend. So, I mean, it, it sounds like we're definitely going to get one, if not a couple. But uh, it is really interesting, Lucas, The just the amount of movement in college football with the transfer portal and this just bizarre, quick roster rebuild that everybody has to do across the nation right now. Yeah, everybody has to do it. Tennessee has to do it, but there, it is still a point of – even let's say Tennessee brings in Hurd, uh, the, the LSU kid, right, the former five-star, uh, or, or any one of those three guys, and they come in and they start and they contribute, and it's great. I think the fact will still remain, and I don't know that this changes next season. This struck me this week uh, that in the Hypo era, Tennessee has yet to start an offensive lineman that was recruited out of high school – signed and developed by Josh Heupel and his coaching staff. So you can you can find these fixes, and obviously uh, any one of those players will come in and have the opportunity to start Hurd. It will be as high-profile an offensive line uh, as far as his recruiting profile out of high school was, as they've had probably since Darnell Wright. But I still think that's something that, that remains to be seen with this coaching staff, if that's a box that they can check as far as recruiting, signing, and developing these kids out of high school because we've seen how important it can be 
I mean, I don't think Tennessee beats Alabama without Darnell Wright in 2022. That changes the tenor of that entire season, if that's not the case. So uh, that even if they get one of those guys, I still look at that as something I want to see moving forward from Heupel and his staff. A lot to sell, a lot to look forward to in football. Uh, Lucas, any basketball thoughts before we let you out of here? Rick Barnes and the boys begin conference play tomorrow against undefeated Ole Miss. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Ole Miss not really tested. I suppose against Memphis, their best win of the year so far, and and they'll head into into what I think will be a great environment tomorrow. Uh, but uh, I I would love to see Dalton connect, just sort of take the reins back as that alpha scoring the basketball uh, moving forward here. But it'll be an interesting test. You know, Tennessee. It feels like we 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 have a really good grasp on what Tennessee is, not so much on what Ole Miss is with their strength of schedule. To have a zero in the L column at this point in the year and still be outside of the top 20 in the AP poll is telling. So uh, it'll be interesting, but I, I think Tennessee uh, is too good at home and, and Ole Miss getting thrown into the fire a little bit. All right, we'll be watching it. Going to be interesting. Hey, uh, Lucas, always appreciate you, my friend. Great first appearance for you of the new year on the show. I'm sure we'll do it again soon. Everybody go check them out at Lucas Panzeca on Twitter. LP, thanks so much. Happy New Year, gentlemen. Talk to you all soon. Yep. Lucas, widespread Panzeca, 104.5 The Zone, Titans Radio in Nashville. One more time. We got one more segment of the show headed your way after this. Speak now. Forever hold your peace. 865-546-8200. Your number to get on board. One more segment. Back to wrap things up right after this. The The Drive. drive. Fan Run Radio, the drive continues wrapping up on a Friday afternoon edition of the show. Lucas Panzeca, Bear, what did you learn? Uh, that he uh, gives me, I'm kind of fired up. I'm not, I don't think it's time for Rabel to go. I mean, Lucas is 90% sure if he comes back. Um, I don't and, think and anybody's then, saying that it's time for him to go. I'm thinking we're, some people are thinking he's ready, he's ready worried to go. or thinking, yeah, that he might covet that New England job. Yeah, what I'm looking at is I think he's got an easier road at Tennessee with all the cap. You know, another thing Lucas was talking about, all the cap space. Um, and he's got a high draft pick, yeah, he knows and he's got his quarterback. He's He's got some solid pieces, and I really don't think they, they just they cannot miss. On, this is the most important draft, I think, in franchise history. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Let's get a call from Seattle Vol. Good afternoon, Seattle Vol. You're on the drive. Fan Run Radio. What's up, guys? How's it going? Going well. Are you calling from Seattle right now? From Seattle. This is my first time calling. Excellent. Um, I've lived in Seattle for about uh, four years. I listen to y'all's show every single day on the podcast. I'm a huge Tennessee fan. Tennessee's where I'm from, but um, I thought since you guys are showing so much love for Washington this week that... Uh, this had to be my day to call for the first time. Yeah, man. What's it like up there? Have they got Husky fever? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, my father-in-law is a huge Husky fan. Uh, he's lived in Seattle all of his life. Um, and the thing that I appreciate is uh, Washington fans just have a lot of respect for Tennessee. Uh, there's an awareness of the history, and there's no hate. Um, so it. It's a good. It's a great place to live. I feel, I, I I could see that. I feel like there's a kinship. 
uh, cool stadiums on the river. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really yeah, similar, rural state uh, like Tennessee. A lot, a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Similar, similar uh, type people. Well, and there's some similar rivalries, too, in the sense that, like, they've got Wazoo or Washington State that is their um, in-state rival, and that's a similar relationship to how we feel about Vanderbilt mm. uh, because Little for brother 40 years, thing. they just – yeah, exactly. And then they've got Oregon that is kind of like – uh, for me, like our Florida yeah. rivalry where they just hate Oregon and they dominated Oregon for the whole of the series until just the last, you know, 20 years or so. Um, and then it's like they couldn't beat Oregon ever. Huh. Um, so, so yeah, I feel like there's just a lot of similarities between the programs. Interesting. Well, I'm pulling for them next week, man. They got a, a good quarterback and a fun team. Um, of course, we got uh, Chris and Fresno's boy, Kalen DeBoer, up there. We talked yesterday about the similarities between him and Heupel. So, yeah, I, I, there is this weird kind of kinship, if you if you look for it, between Tennessee and Washington. And once again, like I just think that's, that's the model. We're not – if Tennessee is going to win – go to the playoffs, win national championships under Josh Heupel. It's not going to be like floor, like uh, Alabama and Georgia been doing it with, you know, big boy, you know, power dominating the line of scrimmage. It's going to be a more finesse approach. It's going to be fast. It's going to be playmakers on the outside the way Washington is doing it. So they play the way we play. And I again, a kinship there, like I'm pulling for them, man, because <laughs> that's how we look. If they could do it, then why not us? Totally. Uh, my question for you before I go um, is, uh, as we think about 2024, I asked my wife this. My wife actually asked me this question, um, and I thought I, I would love to hear what you guys think. If you can only have one of these in 2024, what do you choose? A Final Four, win the College World Series, or make it to the 12-team playoff? Oh, gosh. Faustian deal there. A, a final four, make a final four, but win, don't win it. Win the World yep. Series. Win the College World Series, or make the college football playoff and not win it. Yep. I'm going with hardware, man. Give me the World Series. Yeah, I'm, I'm tempted to do that, but. Just the explosion of our ridiculousness if Tony Vitello rolled back into town with a natty. You know how obnoxious we'd be. I want the final four. Tucker. Oh man, it's just so hard. Um, I'll go with the Final Four too, man. Really, I really want to see that. Really, I'm going with 12 team playoff. Okay, sorry, King Football. You just well, you wait, man. You, you just said going. College World you Series, did you not? It's Honest Friday, Bear. Come on. Yeah, no, that's what I. That's what it hit me. It's Honest Friday. I, I don't care. I want to be in the playoffs next year. Okay. I, I like being good at football. Well, there you have it. Seattle, of all three separate answers. Hope that clears <laughs> that up. Uh, we'll put the poll yeah. in the field for you and. See what comes back. Awesome. Sounds good. Have a great day, y'all. You too. It's a good first call. Yeah. Put them in the, what do you call it, the NC? New Caller Development Program. NCDP. All right. One final order of business here before we get set to split. It is time for your crap moment of the week, brought to you by Rogers Hydrant Service. It's time for the moment of the week. Brought to you by Rogers Hydrant Service. Well, I'll go ahead and get us kicked off since mine happened today. Really? Ooh. Yeah. I told you about my shower thought earlier. 
Yeah. Did you what fall in the it? shower? What was my what shower, thought? Th shower thought? Uh, <laughs> I've already forgotten it too. Deep thoughts. We're going to have to Some, go back and listen to the show. Something Tennessee, wasn't it? <sighs> last Titans related? Last segment of the Mike show. Mike Tomlin? I don't think so. That wasn't it? Totally forgot my shower thought. Well, my crap moment happened shortly thereafter. Uh. This is one of the worst, man. I think pretty much everybody can relate. Forgot to set my towel out. Oh, Ooh, you had to do the wet walk. That's rough. Yeah, and not only that, not only that, we were out of towels in the towel thing underneath the sink. So you had to go downstairs. I had to go all the way downstairs, butt-ass naked, dripping wet. No. Was there anybody it's at cold. home? No, there's nobody at home. It's cold. There's somebody at home. I would have called, hey, somebody bring me a towel. No, I had to go down there just like cursing the whole Just like so mad, cold, just ruined the shower. You know, cold day, you get into that warm shower, you steam up the windows, man. You're feeling good. You're ready to attack the day. You want to dry off and get dressed quick so that you're not cold. I'm freezing you know what by, you the time I, by the time I get ready. Should have gone down there and grabbed the towel and then hopped back in for a couple I of minutes. I thought about it, but I was... I don't feel like it feels like you haven't taken a shower to me. That's a bad one. That uh, is very I mean, bad. I, it was rough. Wow. Huh. I mean, I've had a couple of things this week. <laughs> I mean, I did my obligatory. <laughs> Can you distill it down to one? Uh, it is a crap I, I, moment. I mean, you guys pay. I mean, I did both feet and one leg of a, a pair of blue jeans and cream through my house. I was like half asleep. It was like 540 both in the morning. Both feet and one leg. Yeah. Wow. Is that even possible? think i've ever done that well you realize it really quick and then that's when the hilarity ensues i mean i've, I've done that uh i mean you know me i mean i've had multiple incidences out in public okay my son is still he, he's nine i'll embarrass him for a second he still puts his like shirts on backwards all the time hmm. like it does not notice I, I will see him and i'll be like dude your shirt's on backwards and I'll do that. I, I like pull pull it open, show him the Tag. label. Yeah, the label. <laughs> oh, <laughs> why don't you just look when you're putting it on? I think I ever did that when I was younger. Not you that it? I can remember. Oh, Not both really. my kids did it. My, my my son does it all the time. He's in third grade. I'm like, dude, come on. I'm not gonna lie, it's Honest Friday. I've done it before. It's been a long time adult. since I've done it. Yeah. I'll tell you the the most embarrassing. I remember because I tweeted about this when it happened. This is like five years ago. I left the house and went to a fairly important sales meeting with two different shoes oh, I've on. Heard this story, oh, I think. <laughs> different. Like I had a how, do, I, how the hell does that? I had happen? a nice pair of loafers. I liked them so much that I got them in black. I'm in black and like dark brown, and I was just like getting dressed and in a hurry and maybe didn't have the lights on. And I didn't realize until I'm getting out of the car in the sunshine to walk. Like I put, I'm looking down. I'm like, oh my god. I just, I didn't say anything. Hope the guy didn't notice. <laughs> Two different wow. mismatched shoes. Kid can't wear his clothes. And <laughs> what the hell's going on? <laughs> no, in no, yeah. house. Uh, maybe that's where he gets it from. Tucker. Okay, mine involves two homeless people and an Uber driver. Oh, oh <laughs> we're god. off to a good start. Okay, so this is in Orlando. <laughs> I've just eaten at a barbecue restaurant. It's a good barbecue restaurant. Okay. I'm, I'm finishing up my meal, and, and this guy comes in, and you know, it, you can tell he's a homeless guy. I'm just kind of like, you know, I, I'm wait, not gonna, wait, wait, wait. not gonna make eye contact how, with how him. How can you tell? 
Did he smell? Well, you no. Make just the look. Just visually, you could tell. Yeah. You project flower more, Tucker. It's just like, you know, it, okay, I, I won't acknowledge this guy. He'll you are the one who knocks. Yes. Oh. Enjoys. Well, just going to pretend he's he not can, there. Well, so, so I get out of this restaurant, right? And oh, we've, man, make we've, an eye contact. We've, we've, knows I'm, I'm a threat. We've called the Uber. And he walks out. Again, he's not doing anything. And then this lady, other homeless lady on a bike pulls up. And they just start getting in a shouting match. Like, she's just screaming all kinds of obscenities. Like, I'm going to call the cops on you, all that fun stuff. And we're just, my family and I were just standing around like, oh, gosh, this is terrible. This car pulls up in tinted windows. It's the Uber driver. We get away, but it could have been a lot worse. You should have video. As soon as anything, my, my phone, like, as soon as you're that guy, you whip the phone out and hit record. <laughs> oh, I couldn't do that. I'm too scared to do that. Why, what I mean, what did you do? think? They're going to stop arguing with each other and attack you? I don't want to get involved in the middle of it. They're right next to me. <laughs> Just take a step back and then a step uh, forward. Excuse me, uh, homeless people, could you stop fighting? You're scaring my family. Wow. Oh, there you have that's it. Pretty the, yeah, that's pretty crappy. Yeah, it's pretty crappy. That's not that's not even the best story you told us about the bowl trip. But uh, let's not go there. I don't know if a lot of them are FCC safe. So. They're not. Crap moment of the week brought to you by Rogers Hydrant Service. Anything to do with your fire hydrants, your sewer maintenance programs, check out RogersHydrantService.com. Wrapping up on a Friday afternoon edition of the show. Don't forget, Monday, start of an era. The Fan Run Morning Show with John Reed and Bob Baskerville. Looking forward to it. Followed by... Jake Miller's new show from 10 to noon. Yeah. Who all's on that show? Jake, Marcus Young, and Brett Holander. Oh, man. That may be our new show to listen to. <laughs> the Levis slander continues. Oh, it'd be incredible. It's hilarious. He's just so attached to it. reason we all got addicted <laughs> to talk sports during the summer. The arguments. So that starts Monday morning here on FanRide. Very excited about that and uh, excited to go see our our new co-host get hitched tomorrow i guess here here in 24 hours he will be a married man is she gonna let us take him out tonight he never responded to my text no he didn't he's scared (sighs) the old ball and chain god hates a coward chris thank you bear thank you russell Thank you, Tucker Harlan. Thank you. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll do it again Monday right here on Fan Run Radio 3 to 6. Till then, peace. Be with you, my brothers, my friends, my sisters. Have a great weekend. The Drive.